All right, let's begin with prayer. Father God, we thank you for today, and we thank you for loving us, for being our Father God, for sending Jesus. And Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence here right now. Lord, speak um, and help us all to listen. And um, Lord, we just look forward to what you have for this time. I thank you for everyone here, and I, <clears throat> I ask a special blessing on each one. Um, because they are your children and you love them. Thank you so much for this time, and we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. The disciples were overwhelmed. They were gathered together, doors shut, hiding for fear of what the Jews would do to them. The Jews had just killed Jesus, and they could be next. What was going on? They had given up everything and followed Jesus. For the past three years, believing that he was the promised Messiah, the Son of God, the one that they had been waiting for to deliver them. Jesus performed miracles. He cast out demons, refuted the Jewish leaders, taught about the kingdom of God, forgave people of their sins. Just the week before, Jesus was celebrated by the people of Jerusalem, and they wanted to crown him king. But then they turned on him, tortured him, and killed him. And he didn't even fight back. Now he was dead. What was going on? Did Jesus fail? Have you ever failed? Have you ever been so sure that something was going to work out and then it all crashed down on you and you're left humiliated and broken? I sure have. It was my senior year of high school and I was determined to look cool. Um, our school always took a fall retreat at a campground and we were packing up to leave. The seniors had their very own bus, and because we were so cool, we were loading in the back entrance of the bus. My friend got in before me, and she looked pretty dorky as she climbed in, so I was extra determined not to look clumsy. So I grabbed the hand of the guy already in the bus, stepped up, and went straight in, not realizing that the entrance of the bus was shorter than I was. I smacked my head so hard that it literally rang like a bell. Yeah, it's true. Um, I collapsed inside the bus with a broken nose and a minor concussion. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the compassion. Uh, <laughs> my attempt to look cool was an utter failure. <clears throat> Worse than that, has anyone ever failed you? Someone that you trusted and loved let you down and it hurt you. Maybe they did it on purpose. Maybe it was an accident, but it still hurt you. I know that I have failed Brian many times, mostly on the accident, but I have still hurt him. Everything from burning his bare back with my curling iron when he leaned over the sink to brush his teeth, to hitting his head um, with a tire iron while changing a tire on a car. I didn't mean to injure him, but now I understand why he stays away from me when I do my hair. <laughs> we seem to live in a world of failures. Bad health, broken marriages, financial ruin, car crashes, starving children, corrupt governments, rebellious children, abusive parents, flat tires, wars, destructive weather, dead-end jobs, bad grades, psychological disorders, stock crashes, spilled milk, bad hair days. Big and small, we deal with failures every day. Even from the beginning, there was failure. <clears throat> Adam and Eve failed to, to obey the one rule in the Garden of Eden, resulting in the fall of mankind. The Israelites, the chosen people of God, failed to keep the law that God gave them in order to keep them on, on the right path. 
The Jews failed to recognize Jesus as the expected Messiah and ended up killing him. Even today, we Christians fail to represent our title as Christ followers in our homes, our schools, and our workplaces. Our history is full of story after story of us failing, and we can't seem to stop. <clears throat> Depressed yet? Failure can be so overwhelming and can bring us to a feeling of hopelessness. Failure can seem to be in an uncontrollable sandpit that we can't get out of. It puts us on shaky ground and fearful of what is to come. It is said that hurt people hurt people, which makes sense in our world. We are so used to people and situations failing us and hurting us that we feel justified in doing the same. We have continued generations of poverty and abuse that we blame on parents and environment, which we assume will continue on to their children and grandchildren. We live in a world that thinks pain is inevitable and trust is foolishness. Goodness is seen as a weakness that is sure to be taken advantage of, so we foster the dog-eat-dog mentality. However, in the same way that hurt people hurt people, I believe that loved people love people, which should make sense in God's world. When people experience the overwhelming love of God the Father, they die to their old selves and are born again into a new life, full of freedom and forgiveness. We should be so used to God's love for us that we can feel justified in doing the same. We have a Father God whose love for us is inevitable, and trusting Him is wisdom. Goodness is a strength and sure to win in all situations. 1 John 4, 7-10 says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his mercy among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world, that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Love can cause us to do crazy things. When I first met Brian, I was pretty crazy in love. We were in college, and it didn't take long for me to realize that he was the one. Brandy was my roommate, and I would lay on her bed and say, he is so beautiful, so much that the girls would all tell me to shut up. <laughs> and I said, I can't, he is so beautiful. <laughs> I would sit on the balcony of the girls' dorm on Sunday evenings and wait for him to return to campus from being home on the weekends. When he would drive up, I would run to the bathroom, primp real quick, run down the stairs, and walk across to his room casually. Oh, hi, Brian. When did you get here? Uh, <laughs> My grades actually went up because I began studying with him just to spend extra time with him. I looked for ways to impress him and was determined to make him mine. Obviously, I was victorious because a few years later, he asked me to marry him. And almost 20 years later, I still do crazy things because I love him. If you think, if you think about it, God's love is crazy. Who in their right mind would purposefully give their only and most beloved son to a bunch of rebellious and hellbound creatures, knowing that the son would be denied, hated, disgraced, tortured, and violently murdered? But God knew that his plan of love would not fail because nothing in the universe is more powerful than his love for us.
This passage proves that loved people love people. We are called to love each other because it shows that we are God's children. Genesis 1.27 says that God created man in his own image. And this passage clearly states that God is love. God created us to look and act like him. I have blue eyes because my mom and dad both have blue eyes. I'm a talker, much like my father, who is a talker. My son has blue eyes because both Brian and I have blue eyes. And he is a talker, much like me. So if we are children of God and we're made to resemble his likeness, we too are to love people. So how are we to love people? 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8, tells us what love is. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. If we read this passage with our Sunday morning church rose-colored glasses, it's a beautiful description of a heavenly attribute that we can play out for the remainder of the morning. But, come Monday, when you missed your alarm, spilled your coffee, tripped over your cat, yelled at your kids, got stuck in traffic, overdrew your bank account, got caught in conversation with the annoying guy, spread some juicy gossip, told a lie, avoided a hurt neighbor, rolled your eyes at your spouse, that description of love proves that you are a big failure. Even as I was working on this sermon, I found myself growing very impatient with what was going on around me. I was hitting a tired spell. Certain family members were being loud and obnoxious with each other. Lunch was on the horizon. My dog kept bugging me for something I couldn't understand. <laughs> I was trying to organize my thoughts and my wheels were spinning without catching traction. I realized that I was failing at the list of what love is and the solution was not to try harder but to let the Father remind me of how much he loves me. I cannot love without realizing that I am loved. So what are we to do? Look back at 1 John 4.10. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and he sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. There's that crazy love again, God giving his perfect son to be killed in our place in order to forgive us of our sins. 1 John 4.8 says that God is love and 1 Corinthians 13.8 says that love never fails. Isaiah 54.10 says, Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. And Psalm 33.10 says, The Lord's unfailing love surrounds the man who trusts him. The issue is not that we fail, but that love is dependent on the fact that God is love and God never fails. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but will have eternal life. And Romans 5.8 says, God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Unlike other relationships in our life, God's love does not re require us to make the first move. 
Love originates from God, and it is not something that we can accomplish or earn. Romans 8, 38 says, For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You can't buy a more definite and utter guarantee or more rock-solid confidence, and it's not our job to hold on to His love because His love holds on to us. God's love is bonded to us. Psalm 105 says, The Lord is good and His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Psalm 136 says, His love endures forever 26 times. And Jeremiah 31.3 says that God's love, God loves his people with an everlasting love and draws them to him with loving kindness. In our limited minds, we can't even comprehend eternity, but we are the owners of something that does, and we get to keep it. God's love lasts forever. So, if God is love, love never fails, it originates from him, we cannot be separated from it, and his love endures forever, what does this mean for us? It means that we are loved. Take a moment to let that sink in. You are loved by God without fail forever. And loved people love people. Why is it so important for us to know that God's love for us never fails? So we can fulfill the two most important things that he wants from us, as stated by Jesus. Matthew twenty-two thirty-six 36 says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. So if we are loved and um, fully by God, we can now go and be loved to the world. You cannot fail if you choose to love. And love is a choice. It is often confused with feeling, which can make it weak and wobbly. But we can love when we don't feel like it. Jesus definitely didn't feel like dying for our sins, but he chose to. And when we truly realize that we are completely loved by the Father, we can choose to be patient, kind, not to envy, boast, or be proud. We can choose to be polite, selfless, curb our temper, not hold grudges. We can choose not to celebrate in evil, but to delight in the truth. We can choose to protect, trust, hope, and persevere. These choices do not fail because they are love, and love never fails. So let's go back to the room with the disciples. Doors shut, hiding in fear, wondering if they had failed, wondering if their mission failed, wondering if Jesus failed. They believed that he was the Messiah, the one to save the world, but now he was dead, murdered, and gone. John 20, 19 through 20 says, So when it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and when the doors were shut and the where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. And when he said this, he showed them both his hands and his side. 
The disciples then rejoiced when they saw the Lord. We know that he actually won the ultimate victory, as written in 1 Corinthians 15, 55, and 57. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus did not fail. Love won the victory. I was reading an article on superheroes, and, and um, although they deal with human issues, they must set them aside in order to be transformed to use their superpowers to save the world. For example, Superman's alter ego is Clark Kent, a mild-mannered newspaper reporter who is in love with his co-worker Lois Lane. When trouble arises, Clark quickly and secretly changes into Superman, tearing off glasses and civilian clothing, dressed in his superhero costume and using the superhero powers he's been keeping secret to save the day. But this is the opposite of Jesus, as described in Philippians 2, 6 through 8, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Jesus is all-powerful God, yet because he loves us and he obeys the Father God, he set aside his godliness to become a lowly man. And even in that lesser state, he was able to save the world. He essentially gave up his superpowers to become a weak man, yet he was still powerful enough to win the victory. And if we think that Jesus conquering sin and death in human form is amazing, just imagine when Jesus returns for us in his full glory. And it's so overwhelming, I can't even comprehend that. His full glory is coming back to get us. Philippians 2, 9 through 11 says, Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Monday is tomorrow. You might miss your alarm. Your coffee might spill. You might yell at your kids, get a flat tire, mess up your bank account, stub your toe, hurt someone's feelings, lose your job, cheat on a test. You may fail. People and situations may fail you, but God's love will not. God's love does not fail, even if you do. And Jesus is your savior. He can save you from anything and everything if you let him. And he is coming back to rescue you from this fallen world. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. God is love. Love never fails. God loves you. Live in his inseparable, unfailing, eternal love. Be love and be loved. Lord, we thank you so much for your love. Help us to soak it in. Father, please open us up in ways that we're uncomfortable with so that we can be comforted by your love. 
We thank you for Jesus. And Jesus, we thank you for loving us so much that you willingly gave your life for us. And Jesus, we thank you that you love us so much that you're coming back for us. Holy Spirit, thank you for being with us always. And help us to realize that the love that the Father has for us is also a power that we can share with others. Pour out your love in such a powerful way at this time that no matter what happens tomorrow or the rest of this week, we know that you're with us and that your love will not fail. We love you, God. We praise you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.